Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, welcome to Church Online today here at Faith Point Church, actually in my home during the self-isolation of the COVID-19, along with uh, the rest of the world today, many, many nations in lockdown. And uh, I, along with many other pastors, uh, are finding ways to communicate the Word of God. So I want to welcome you to this message today. For the last two weeks, we've been going through Dr. Evans's series on overcoming. And uh, last time we talked about overcoming emotional strongholds. And we looked at the fact that many emotions will hold us hostage and cause and create havoc within our lives. And today we want to shift our focus slightly to a similar topic, but we want to focus and zero in on the topic of anxiety. Anxiety is plaguing the world. We've never seen such a generation emerge right now as the millennials and the following generation. And uh, many in the older bracket too that are struggling with worry and anxiety within their life. And so today we're going to focus in on the words of Jesus and the solutions that he gave us to, to be able to, as like an antidote to worry and to anxiety today. You know, worry comes in many different shades and colors. It hits every demographic right across the spectrum today. And I'm not just talking about a momentary concern or a momentary worry. I'm talking about when your life becomes plagued with anxiety and worry today. A stronghold is where we're held hostage by worry and anxiety. You know, three times in our text today in Matthew 6, where Jesus focuses in specifically on addressing the topic of anxiety. In verse 25, he says, For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious. Verse 31, do not be anxious then. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious. Three times in this passage, Jesus was telling us to stop it, to stop worrying, stop being anxious within your life. And it's interesting to note that the word for anxiety or worry comes from the concept of being strangled or choked. And that's exactly what anxiety does. It chokes you and it keeps you from being free to function. It keeps you up at night when you ought to be asleep. It, it makes you sick when you ought to be well. It leaves you frustrated when you ought to be free. Worries like a fog. You know that fog that cover, covers several blocks of your neighborhood? It looks so substantial. Did you know that there's only around about one cup of water that comes out of that whole fog? It looks a lot more substantial than what it really is. And worry is like that. You know, the psychologists tell us that 80% of things that people worry about never even happen. We go on to worry, worry, worry ourselves sick and worry ourselves silly. So when does anxiety start knocking at our door? Well, normally it happens when we start feeling like we're not in control of our lives. And that, to be honest, can happen on a regular basis. How can we control every circumstance within our life? And anxiety is so troubling that God says it has the ability to stop us from hearing him, 
to stop allowing the word of God for having an influence within our life. And Luke 8, 14, Jesus told a story called the parable of the sower and where a sower went and sowed seeds into different types of soil. And he says in verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, listen to this, they are choked by worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Jesus was saying that worry has such a choking effect on our lives that it keeps us as spiritual infants when we should be giants in the faith. He's saying it's going to keep you from maturing. It's going to keep you from growing up. It's going to strangle your growth as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, and forbid you from becoming a mature follower of Jesus. You know, the Bible's full of warriors. We're not on our own here. For example, in Luke 10, 41, Jesus says to Martha, a woman he loved, Martha, Martha, why are you overly concerned about so many things? And Jesus addresses the topic many, many times and specifically in the text that we're about to read this morning. So what is worry? How can we define worry? Well, here's a very simple definition that you might like to write down today. And that is simply this. Worry is focusing on my fears instead of focusing in on God today. Let me put it to you another way. Worry is practical atheism. Worry behaves in such a way that it's like we're acting like there is no God. There is no one who cares for me. There's no one who is going to actually be involved in straightening things out in my life or care about the needs and concerns that I'm going through. When we worry, we're actually acting like orphans, like we have no father. It becomes a father issue within our life, a parenting issue. We're acting and behaving like we don't have a heavenly father who has promised that he will take care of our needs. And that's why Jesus told us to stop it, as we're going to see in just a moment. So one of the things that will help us to stop is to understand why we worry and get to the root of what is involved here. And so Matthew chapter 6 Verse 25, Jesus begins by saying, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Absolutely you are. Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Worry is centered in needing a fresh revelation of our Heavenly Father. The first thing the Lord wants you to know today is that if you are anxious, you may have forgotten who your dad is, who your Heavenly Father is in your life. You may need a new discovery, a new revelation of the Father's love, the Father's role within your life today. 
You know, Jesus says in this passage that your heavenly father holds you so much more value than creation, than the birds of the air, that you're of so much more value than what they are. And yet he takes care of them. He says this is a parent thing. This is about father today. And he introduces this section in verse 25 by saying, therefore, I tell you, which means he's referring to what's gone on before. And in verse 24, Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You've got to serve one or the other. And he specifically refers to serving God or mammon, God or money. But he says, you can't have both. You've got to serve one or the other. If money is your master, then God won't be. And you're going to be filled with worry. But he says, if God is your master, then money won't be, and you're never going to suffer with the plague of worry within your life. And the reason that you're worried and that I may be worried today is that we're focusing in on the wrong thing today. In verse 25, he reminds us, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? We're worried about food, drink, clothes. And he raises the question at the end, is not your life more than all these things that you're worried about today? That's a powerful question. Is not your life more than all these things? He says you ought to be worried if you're going to worry about anything, whether you're going to get up in the morning, whether you've actually got a life, if you're going to worry, let's worry about something big today because dead people don't eat. We're worried about food. We're worried about drink. Is not life more than food today? If you've got a choice of not being alive today or a choice about not eating today, which would you choose? He's saying here that it's much more important to understand this. It's better to have arms to put inside that shirt it's better to have legs that are functioning to put inside those trousers or those jeans. It's better to have a functioning body than it is to worry about clothes, food, drink, what you're going to wear. This is what Jesus was saying. He's saying, if I've given you a body, don't you trust me to put something over the top of it? So let's talk about where Jesus heads to next, because he amplifies this whole message to us in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He's saying this, you don't see birds like humans running around, plowing up fields, sowing seed, getting ready to nurture that, those plants that comes to harvest time and everybody's in a, as a frazzle getting ready to harvest. He said birds are not like that. And uh, he says uh, at the end of this verse, you know, do you know how these birds eat? I'll tell you how they, they eat, your heavenly Father feeds them today. Don't read that too fast. He's saying this, I'll take care of them so they never have to be concerned or worried about finding food. Now, I want to illustrate this by just imagining for a moment some dad who's got a birdcage out the back of his house and every day faithfully goes out morning, noon and night, feeds them in their bird seed, and then he goes back into his house and he never feeds his children. Well, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But that's exactly what Jesus was saying. He's saying, I feed these birds. I take care of them every single day. They never have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. You are so much more valuable than the birds. Don't you think that I'm going to take care of you today? Praise God. You know, worry comes because we haven't 
discovered the fullness of our Father yet. We haven't understood about the way he loves us and operates on our behalf. You know, I got up this morning and I heard the birds singing outside my window today. These are birds with no bank accounts, no secret stash stored away, and yet they're up in the morning singing and praising God without a worry in the world. Do you know why? Because yesterday their father fed them, the day before their father fed them, the week before their father fed them, they have an inbuilt understanding that God is going to take care of them. When they go worm hunting, they know they're going to find one today because they found one yesterday. And I want to uh, ask you the question today. How about you? If God's going to do this for the birds of the year, how much more is he going to do it for you and me today? How much more does he love us than the birds of the year? Don't you understand today? He's got your back. He's got your number. He's got your bank account. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to be concerned or anxious or worried about these things because God, your heavenly father loves you and he's going to take care of you today. Praise the Lord. He says in verse 27, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to your life? And so Jesus moves out of focusing in on the Father, and he moves into this whole topic of futility, of pointlessness. And he says it's pointless, it's fruitless to worry. It's not going to add anything to your life. In fact, if it's going to do anything, it's going to take away from your life because of the very nature of worry. It will choke you, it will strangle you. So don't enter into it. It's a pointless exercise. It's not going to do anything. It's like a rocking chair. Worry is like a rocking chair. A lot of motion, a lot of commotion, but no forward progress in our lives. He's asking us today, what good will worry do for you? Absolutely nothing. You know, what good is it if God says to us, I grant my beloved sleep that while you're sleeping, I'm going to take care of the issues and concerns in your life. I grant my beloved sleep. And yet we think we can stay awake at night. And by staying awake, we're going to help the situation and end up with sleeplessness and, and, and insomnia and driving ourselves crazy through lack of sleep because we're so worried. God says, look, you, you go to sleep. You, you place your head on the pillow. You lay down to rest. And while you're resting, I'm going to take care of stuff over your life because I'm the God that neither slumbers nor sleep. I'm the God of Israel today. And so we see that Jesus, as he moves down in this sermon that he's bringing to his disciples, he's shifting gear by beginning to look at the solution. And he reveals part of that in Matthew 6, verse 33, one of the most famous verses in the New Testament. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that I've been talking about, what things? Food, clothes, drink, taking care of your body. All these things. He says, if you will focus in on me, if you will seek me first, if you'll make me number one, then I'm going to take care of all those things that the pagans and the unrighteous are worried about with their flappable activity 
activity, whether stressing out and striving to try and gain all these things. He says, no, all you need to do is switch your focus from the problem and switch it to the solution giver, switch it to Jesus Christ and his kingdom, the king of kings and his righteousness. And I'm going to give all these things. You won't have to chase after them. They will chase after you without you needing to have a worry in the world today. Praise the Lord. Amen this morning. And as we move on, we see that in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul amplifies the solution in this great chapter of Philippians 4, verse 6. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Notice how he switches from nothing to everything. He says, worry about nothing, pray about everything. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. When worry begins to show its ugly head, when concern starts turning to anxiety and to worry, he said, that's your signal. That's your time to begin to turn to prayer. That's your time to begin to let your requests be made known unto God. That's the time where I want you to change your focus, switch off the problem and switch on to the solution giver. Focus your attention on me this morning. Worry about nothing pray about everything. You see, when we pray, we put the attention where the attention belongs. And that's with our Heavenly Father today. It puts our mindset into a place of rest and peace, a God-focused mindset. You see, the reason why we worry is because we've got a problem. And that's why we worry. And we must make a mental switch in our mind because otherwise that worry and that anxiety will begin to control us. And that's why Jesus, uh, through the Apostle Paul, says here, he says, don't you be anxious for anything. Don't you be, but in everything, in everything, let your requests be made known unto God today. He says, how do you do that? By prayer by beginning to switch your focus to your heavenly Father today. He says, let your request, what's a request? A request is a specific petition that you're asking of the Lord today. You know, Lord, I'm concerned about that x-ray. The doctor says he wants to take a biopsy. Lord, it's starting to gnaw away at me. I want to give this worry and anxiety over to you today. Take it off my mind. Take the burden off my heart. Or Lord, my daughter, it's 1am in the morning. I don't know where she is. Can you somehow communicate to her to phone me and let me know that she's all right? I want to give that concern, that worry. I want to pray. I want to petition you about this. Can you help me please? Praise the Lord. And notice what Paul throws in here. He says, when you pray, let it be salted with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. What are we giving thanks for? Hallelujah. Thanksgiving. You know what it does? It puts fresh hope in our mind. You know, I can thank God that Romans 8.28 says, 
this and that we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. So I can say, I can say, Lord, I know that everything that I'm going through right now, I know that you're orchestrating, that you're working in my circumstances because you've promised me, Lord, even though it looks pretty dark at the moment, you've promised me that you are at work and that you're going to work all things together for good because I love you and because I'm called according to your purposes today. Oh, I want to thank you, Lord. I want to give thanks to you. I want to give thanks that 1 Peter 5 says, verse 7 says this, to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you today. I praise God that he cares for you. I praise God today, Lord, you've invited me in. You've said that you care about me. You're concerned about my problems. You told me to bring these cares and these concerns to you. So I bring them to you now, Heavenly Father, and I thank you that Lord you always get the last word today thanksgiving changes the picture hugely let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving today praise the Lord what a great lesson and then finally the sledgehammer of God's promise comes in verse 7 of Philippians 4 and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. Another translation says all human understanding. That, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What's the promise, friends? I'll tell you the promise. God says that if you'll bring your requests, if you will, if you'll worry about nothing and pray about everything and come to me with thanksgiving, I'm going to grant you a supernatural peace that is beyond the human mind, beyond the human comprehension. And I'm going to I'm going to grace your life with that. And it's going to lift the worry layer. It's going to lift anxiety off you because you're going to be able to leave it with me and in its place I'm going to substitute your worries and your concerns and your anxieties and I'm going to give you something in its place and it's called the supernatural peace that passes all understanding today praise the Lord I thank God today that this is the kind of peace that Jesus demonstrated. You know, when there was a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee, when there was uh, the boat was looking like it was going to sink, Lord, uh, many of uh, Jesus' disciples were seasoned fishermen. Many of them had been in storms, but they hadn't been in one like this. And they were fearful. They were afraid. They all thought they were going to drown in that storm. What's Jesus doing? He's in the back of the boat and he is asleep. How can you be asleep in the midst of a storm like this? The boat's been tossed about to and fro. I'll tell you how. Because Jesus carried the supernatural peace that passes all human comprehension. And he carried it in himself. And it was a wonder to behold. Praise the Lord. It's about being able to sing in every storm with lightning and thunder going off around about you. It's like when you get that peace, it's like God gives you an umbrella and he pops it up over the top of you. You can still see and experience the thunder and the lightning. The storm's going off all around about you. But that umbrella 
is saving you from experiencing the dire consequences of that storm around about you because that peace transcends human comprehension and understanding today. You know, the heroes of the Bible, or not so much even the heroes, but the, 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 the history will tell us in the scriptures that many, many people we're in unenviable situations. I think of Hannah this morning. You know, Hannah was infertile. She couldn't have children. She was mocked for the fact that she couldn't produce children. And she got desperate and she went to the temple one day. and She was an emotional wreck and she was crying out. She was blubbering. She was snotting everywhere. She was snipping up a storm. And the priest actually thought she was drunk. Because of the way that she was behaving, she poured out her heart to the Lord in petition and in requests that God would grant her the ability to have children. You know, the Bible says that she got up at the end of that and the, her sadness left her. A deep peace descended upon her even before she had any knowledge that she was going to get pregnant with her first child who would be called Samuel who became a great prophet of God. That's how this peace can work within your life and my life today. We can think of the Apostle Paul this morning, who wrote this passage we're looking at in Philippians. Do you know where he wrote it? He wrote it in a jail cell under house arrest. He wrote this passage, not, not knowing yet what his sentence would be. Would his head be removed or would he be saved? And wouldn't that cause great anxiety? And yet he was able to say and write in the book of Philippians, I say unto you rejoice. And again, I say unto you rejoice. You can rejoice. You can keep singing. You can keep praising God in the midst of a situation when you have received that supernatural peace that passes all understanding. What about you today? Have you found yourself in a position where you're being buried under anxiety and worry? Look, nobody would blame you this morning for what we're seeing happen in the world. The world has shut down, but Jesus still says to us in the midst of this COVID-19 viral outbreak, he still says to us today, stop worrying. Stop being anxious. I've got a prescription for you today that is going to help you get through this season where you don't have to be sleepless, where you don't have to have anguish of heart and soul because I'm going to be with you and I'm going to transfer into your spirit this peace that passes all understanding today. You know, I want us today to give you something practical that will help you uh, to carry out uh, uh, in this season a calmness in your spirit. And uh, just grab an ordinary shoebox and, uh, and put a hole in the top of it like this. And uh, take a piece of paper. And every time you have a concern, an anxious thought, a worry that keeps returning to you, I want you to write that worry down. Lord, I'm worried about my sons. I'm worried about my kids. Lord, I'm worried about my job. Am I even going to have a job after this 
virus gets through. There's going to be a global recession. It's already hitting now. God, do I even have employment? How, how, Lord, how am I going to provide for my family? I want you to take a piece of paper and slowly put pen to paper and write those worries down. And when you've finished with them on that paper, fold them up and begin to put them in the slot because this is no longer a shoebox. This has now become a worry box. And the moment you place your worry and your anxious thought within that box it's no longer yours anymore everything that goes into this box is now God's responsibility and he will take that concern and he'll take it off your shoulders now don't you go back in there and lift that lid up and get that worry back out again and start worrying about it no once you've placed it in this box once you've posted it in this box That's where it stays. And you can leave it with God. You can know that he cares for you. You can know that he's feeding the birds of the air, that he's built into creation, his provision. He will take care of you. You can cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you today. And place this worry box and understand that everything that goes in there is now God's responsibility. I want to finish this message today by praying for you and with you. I want to thank God for the time that we've had together in the Word today. But I know that many are in need of this supernatural enablement from God today. And I want us to do a transaction in prayer. If you're burdened with worry and anxiety today, I want you to know that God can lift that weight off your shoulders. It's simply a prayer away. Worry about nothing but in everything pray. And bring your request to God. We're going to do that right now. Will you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you care for me. I thank you, Lord, that you've promised to take care of every single aspect of my life. And Lord, I take you at your word today and I bring my concerns, my anxieties, these worries that have been plaguing me. And I want to give them to you right now in the presence of God. Father, you've said that you would take care of me. Lord, you, so much I'm worth so much more value, Lord, to you than the other things that you've created in the world. Will you come and visit me now? And I ask for this supernatural peace that transcends human understanding. Would you place it in my heart now, Lord? I'm asking for this in and through the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Just before we finish, one more thing. You may be watching this broadcast today. And you are either backslidden, you've once known the Lord and you're not living for him anymore. God is speaking directly to you today. Or perhaps you've never, ever known what it means to follow Christ, to be a Christian, to become a disciple of Jesus. Today, I want, if you've watched this message all the way through, God is speaking to you. You've taken the time to sit down and watch this today. God is speaking to you. He's, he's, his word is going into your life today. He's calling you to himself. Will you today get saved? Will you today give your life to Jesus Christ? Will you issue him an invitation? I'd like to pray with you right now for you to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son to die for my sins. I thank you that you demonstrated your love for me by sending Christ to die on my behalf. I thank you today, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge today that I've wronged you, that I've lived independently from you and sometimes proudly 
associating myself away from all those that believe in God. And today I repent and I ask for your forgiveness. Will you cleanse me and wash me right now? Jesus, I pray right now, would you come into my life? I invite you into my heart. Take up your residence in me today. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I thank you even right now, Lord, you're with me. The angels of heaven are rejoicing over me, over one sinner that repents. That's me today, Lord. I receive you into my life. And I thank you right now that from this day forward, Lord, I give you the steering wheel of my life. Take control and lead me into the future. In Jesus' wonderful name. Well, God bless you. Those that have prayed that prayer, I pray that you let somebody else know what you've done today and share the good news that Jesus has become part of your life. That's all we have for today. God bless you. Amen.